Hello and welcome to episode four of the More Than Books podcast. I'm your host, Joel Hartung. Um, I'm the systems librarian here at Bellevue University, and today I am joined by our always co-host, or... It's, it's, I, it's an extra co-host. Yeah, we're but, both co-hosts. I don't know, <laughs> extra co-host kind of seems a little redundant. But anyway, it's me, it's Jake, uh, and I'm the technical services assistant here at Bellevue University. So, yes. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the Internet Archive. Uh, the reason we kind of thought this would be a good topic for discussion today is because, well, last month we had a thing called the Professional Development Day here in the Bellevue University Library. And what was what, it, like the 20th? It was, it, we've been doing it for a really long time. Yeah, I think this was the, was it the 10th annual, or was it more than that? Was I think it was more uh, than that, so, yeah. It's, it predates both of our employment here. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure when it started, I was maybe in high school or even, not even, not even. Yeah. I was probably um, in grade school when this thing started. I was in, I was just getting into college probably at the time. So it's, it's a long running time held tradition here at the Bellevue University Library where basically everybody uh, kind of picks a topic that they want to share uh, information about with the rest of the library staff. It's like the only restriction is it has to be about libraries in some fashion. So I played real fast and loose with that and (laughs) decided to talk about kind of in a roundabout way the Internet Archive, uh, which is the topic for discussion today is we're going to be talking all about the Internet Archive. Um, I focused a little bit more on some of their their more interesting uh, adventures as of late. Uh, which we'll get into later in this episode, but uh, no, I thought it went well. Well, good. None good. of you are going to see it, so that makes me <laughs> real happy in my heart. So if you're a resident expert here, Jake, what what exactly is the Internet Archive? Okay, so let's let's go back in time. Way back in, like, the 90s, uh, there was uh, parachute pants... And uh, rap music was just making its way. Just think back. Uh, no, there was a gentleman, uh, Brewster Kale, who created a, a, a web analytic company called Alexa and made a ridiculous amount of cash from that web analytic company. And so he, uh, after losing a website that he was working on, Uh, Specifically, it was a macrame website (laughs) that he had created. And then his his internet host, uh, the company went under and he lost the entire website. I I feel like if this were a dramatic movie, he would have just risen his fist to the sky and said, Never again! (laughs) Not once more shall I lose an internet website. Uh, So he started a company called the Internet Archive. And he just, using... I would assume using some of the Alexa tools that he had on hand, he started to uh, archive websites, uh, download all their information, and store it in a server. He he kind of, it was partially the fact that he lost that site uh, and that he wanted to, to get all the information, but later on he realized that while it's great to have the archive, he needs to share it in some fashion. And so uh, he created then uh, a website or part of the website and a tool called the Wayback Machine, 
which everyone will remember is named after... Peabody uh, and Mr. Sherman. That's right. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, big surprise. Brewster Kale is probably a little on the nerdy side. If you ever look up his picture online... He look he's he's bespeckled uh, with glasses and you know he looks like a tech guru. Uh, it, unfortunately, we a lot of us fall into that look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he the the reason why he even decided to do the Wayback Machine is he went to uh, Alta Vista. He visited the Alta Vista uh, company. I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, that's a for those who are not in the know. Who are a bit younger and Google was there from the beginning for you. Um, Alta Vista was a web browser. Um, that was my primary search engine before Google was a, a thing. Yeah, I don't know if I used Alta Vista back in the day. I I, I want to say that I didn't. I think I used uh, something else. Uh, the browser with the dog. And I think that was what I, I don't remember. Anyway, <laughs> I was just or, thinking sit ubu sit, but that's a TV thing. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I not know it. what you're talking about, though. Yeah, I the, mm. the internet will yell at me uh, if you, if we have listeners and they care to scream into their uh, into their phones or or their computers uh, monitors, they'll they'll let me know. So uh, you didn't just ask Jeeves. It was no, you know, I, funnily enough, I used Ask Jeeves for a little while, but we're getting off topic <laughs> again. So the. The Wayback Machine still exists. As a matter of fact, the Wayback Machine is better right now because of a a very, very new initiative for them to update their website, uh, the looks and the feel of the site. It is better than ever. Uh, how does uh, how does the Wayback Machine work? The Wayback Machine <laughs> uh, works in this fashion. Uh, you put in a website and that you know... What's uh, a what's a good example? Let me let me do it. Give it a try while we're doing this right now. Gosh, um, let's just do Google. Let's take a look at Google. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be a terrible idea. So this is all real time, folks. This okay, is all real search. So we have. It looks like they give you. It gives you a timeline of all the times that it had a snapshot taken by basically their web crawler. You can go back through that timeline and select a date. So let's go back to the earliest known snapshot of Google, 1998. I was... November 11th, 1998. A sophomore in high school. When that was. (laughs) To use bad grammar. (laughs) When that was. When that was. Yeah, so uh, we're trying... Joel's trying to pull up the... the look of google at the time i have a feeling that it was real busy because uh, that i can't was... imagine google have ever being busy oh i i don't know i see the thing is i was probably i don't think i used google until i was in college so is there not a is there not oh there it a... is sorry i oh. i uh i didn't actually click on the day so oh yeah you gotta click on the yeah, day you have to go down to the calendar and oh, click boy. on the day we're gonna, we're gonna probably edit this out. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, <laughs> November eleventh, nineteen ninety-eight. One snapshot. Okay. Loading. Yep. Oh. Welcome. It's literally just. It's just text. It says, "Welcome to Google. Google search engine prototype, and might work some of the time. Prototype that is much more up to date." That. So, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Let's look oh. at a, a little bit more recent one um, from nineteen ninety-nine. Oh. See if you know when it actually. 
was starting to get some use. That's really funny. So that's... Like, and that see, and here's a, I mean, that's a perfect example of what. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a that's a beta. Okay, so for obviously you folks can't see this because it's an audio podcast. Um, <laughs> it the 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 Google symbol is there. But it's back shadowed, and it uh, has 3D bubble letters. 3D, yes. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's from the late '90s, uh, and it says beta right on there. But everything else is the same. It's a single search box, Google search. I'm feeling lucky. Lots of white space. That is so, Google's design for its homepage has not changed much since uh, since 1998. Yeah, that was. Uh, let's see. How long ago was that? We're approaching twenty years. It's two decades, but definitely a decade and a half. Yeah, it's um, shy of three years. From, yeah, from when Google launched that's, twenty years ago. Yeah, that is uh, that's impressive. And I mean, this is this, that was a very simple search uh, that we were able to do in the moment. And realistically, I got to see uh, Google history, you know, just based on that. But I. For me, I think that the tool is useful if you are trying to gain information from a particular site about, like, maybe, uh, like, for example, the the one big time that I've used it to great benefit is a friend of mine was, uh, who I had gone to college with, uh, wanted to reach out and contact uh, one of his old professors. That professor... He could not remember that professor's name. They they helped him out with something. I'm not going to get into details, but let's just say uh, it's been a while, and uh, he had forgotten the name. So I used the Wayback Machine from my alma mater site and was able to go back to that around that year and through uh, multiple snapshots. Eventually, I was able to get to the department that that professor was in, and there was a newsletter that had the name of the professor in it. And he was able to contact the professor and communicate to them uh, his appreciation, and uh, he his mind was a little blown. He's like, how did you find out this information? This is I've wanted to do this for uh, like a decade, and I just could never find it. I'm like... Internet Archive. This is the Wayback Machine. You know, I, I used it recently. Um, back in high school, my friends and I ran a website, and I'm not going to give the URL because nobody needs to look this and up. No one. I saw um, it. it. It's uh, it's real great. <laughs> it was it was on a it was a blogger website. Uh, we had basically kind of a you know five of us each had our own blogs that we linked back to a main page and had kind of a running feed, and we had our own forums that we basically used to, you know. Uh, not pay attention in class with. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my, um, my generation, uh, my generation, yeah. when I was in high school, uh, we didn't have access to that really. Uh, so. We were part of a, a pilot laptop program in my high school. Oh. So this is what we used our technology for. We had laptops in every single class that we took from class to class, and we used the technology to ignore the lecture and to play on our forum and websites. Okay, listeners, this is new information to me. You did not say this was a laptop <laughs> yeah, we program. Were, yeah. <laughs> of course. What I, Joel here getting laptops. I mean, because I am not much older than you, so that's that's surprising to me that yeah, there was the second second oh, year man. Was, um, second year pilot program I was a part of. 
Um, and whether or not they still do this, I don't know. It's not like the school gave us laptops. We had to buy them ourselves. Oh, um, oh, geez. But did you sell them back or was that I still just... have it. It's my first laptop. Uh, it was a gateway. Um, of course it was. <laughs> yeah. And I think it cost like $2,000 yep. back in 2001 or 2002. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> my my alma mater also had a gateway uh, laptop program the yeah. year after I started, <laughs> so I didn't get access to the laptop. <laughs> I was given a very poor, very low-power desktop, which I have recycled <laughs> uh, after taking a hammer to the hard drive. But again, we are we're getting off topic. Yeah, we're off topic a little bit, but that's okay. Eh. You know, we're... Just so going back through history. But you were able... Yeah, I was able to find this website. There was a single snapshot of it from the time that we actually had the website live. Uh, all the images were broken for the most part. None of the links worked. Uh, not all the images yeah. were broken. There uh, was still some stuff there, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I looked up and it um, found out that... Uh, yeah, I think it only saves images up to 10 megabytes as... You know, so uh, it doesn't... Oh, uh, yeah, because that would be... Terabytes of hard drive, which you know, it's, archiving the internet forever—it's way more than terabytes. I think I taught hundreds I, of terabytes, it, millions pet, of terabytes, pet, pet, millions pet, of petabytes. Uh, people, <laughs> go online and look up the word petabyte, and just let your mind boggle at how, how many much terabytes is a petabyte. It's a, it's uh, if I recall correctly, I think it's a thousand terabytes to the petabyte. I could be wrong, but I want to say that's. Because the terabyte is a hundred. There are a thousand terabytes in one petabyte. Okay, there you go. So, uh, yeah, that's it's a lot of information, and they have like twenty petabytes. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, there was a single snapshot of the website back in the day, um, and it was after we had basically stopped updating it. Even so, it's interesting to look back on uh, all of that information is more or less lost. I don't have backups of any of it, so it's nice that I can. Pull up the Internet Archive and, you know, just take, take a look at take it. Take a gander. Yeah. Look, look back at, at your previous <laughs> works online. Uh, and what's nice now is that uh, the Internet Archive now has functionality where you can request that it spider your page. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so if you want, you can, you know, find your site and, like, hit a button on the Internet Archive and it will send the spider there to store it for you. So instead of just... Hoping. Yeah, hoping that it'll hit your site. Um, so if you don't understand what's, what I mean when I say spider, uh, a spider online is basically a bot. It's an automated program that goes through and reads the code on websites. Uh, Google uses a spider um, to index its search results. So that's how Google works. Um, and the Internet Archive uses a spider to archive uh, it, it, web results. Yeah, it Web browsers used to be called, um, uh, what do I want to say, uh, web crawlers. Uh, and that they would, because they would send out a crawler like a spider. Spider, web. Web, yes. Yeah, it was all a big insect this... analogy. The, the, the creators of, anyone that worked on the internet at the time, I think was really into puns. Because um, you look at uh, like server... Uh, jokes a friend of mine is is working on his certification uh, for CCNA, which I don't even know what that is. Uh, <laughs> and he's talking about how um, certain clusters of information are 
are uh, trees, and you collect trees in many different trees into a forest. And I'm like, that is so punny. <laughs> like, it's the same thing with the internet at the time. So that was the that was how the Internet Archive got its start, but it has since branched off from just having the Wayback Machine and being able to access and store old websites. Yeah, the, the Internet Archive is funded through a nonprofit that Brewster Kale created, uh, and it's frankly now they are starting to ask for donations. They're going the Wikipedia route. Where... They are kind of going the Wikipedia route. Uh, and I, frankly, for as much information as they store, uh, I don't even want to think about what their server costs are. Uh, the vast number of items that you can access from the Internet Archive is uh, pretty amazing. Which kind of leads us into our next section, talking about all the cool stuff that is for freeze on the Internet Archive. Which, when I did my presentation, it was specifically on... The Internet Arcade, which is a, uh, a huge database of arcade games that you can play in your browser, like, right now. Now, that just launched recently, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it's only been, I mean, it, it may have been around for a little while, but it's only been about two or three months. And since that time, they've even done a full website re- refresh, and it looks much snappier. Uh, they made it much easier to find kind of the more popular stuff. What's It's kind of a bummer because it is still curating uh, the things that you can see and find. So maybe some of the more esoteric stuff that's on the Internet Archive in general is a little harder to find, but... It's way easier to get around. Uh, when you have that just stupendous amount of information, it, it's, it's going to be difficult for you to find what you want. But getting back to the Internet Arcade, um, a gentleman by the name of Jason Scott, who has worked in video games, uh, he's worked a lot in documentaries, he's done a lot of different things, uh, he has been working on creating a essentially a software emulator that can run in a web browser, uh, specifically uh, the multiple emulation system software, MESS, I think that's what it's in. I could be wrong. Um, and his version is JS MESS, uh, and that software allows him to run uh, the MAME software, the Multiple Arcade Machine Emulator, M-A-M-E, uh, which has been used for at least two or three decades now. I mean, it almost. It's probably been at least 20 years. So wait, he's it's running, basically, it's running an emulator to emulate an emulator right. it's an in an a emu- web browser. It's an emulator running an emulator running in Flash to play an arcade game that is 30 plus years old that you can do right now so you, these, you can pause like... this podcast <laughs> and go play frogger so it's mainly like arcade games from the 70s and 80s or heyday of arcades yeah it, it really is mostly and i have a feeling part of that is just due to copyright restrictions um the internet arcade i am not entirely versed on 
the legality of all of the games that are on there, but it it could just be to the fact that that the uh, the content owners for some of these games is a little shaky, um, or they're versions that are not necessarily held under full copyright law. Um, but uh, regardless. Um, I, I'm going to have to assume just because of the integrity of the internet arcade that they have the permission to host this material. Uh, that's always been, I think that's always been something that they've been a big part of, uh, almost everywhere that you go on the internet arcade, uh, and the internet archive itself, uh, they list something about copyright, but, uh, not necessarily super into, whether or not they have permission, at least for the internet arcade, but all the books, uh, video, all of that is either in the public domain or uh, Creative Commons. Yeah, they're very much proponents of Creative Commons licensing, I know. Um, some of these games you're mentioning, you know, you don't know if the legality of it uh, works out, but wouldn't a lot of it be abandonware, where it's things that haven't been touched in well, years and years and years. Yeah, and maybe that's the route that they're going with with uh, the the legal issues with these games is that they have been abandoned by uh, their creators, um, and it's possible that the game itself is abandoned, but maybe the tr- the trademarked people in it are open. Uh, case in point, Qbert is on there, um, and Qbert was in as as a as a uh, an intellectual property. He was in uh, Wreck-It Ralph, the Disney movie that, that came out a few years back. Something has... Either he is was okay to use, or the rights to him are kind of funky, or the game is okay, but the figure itself, if they wanted to like, make t-shirts, they couldn't do that. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to have... Again, I'm going to have to assume that the games that are on there are available and legal to play. So you're mentioning all these games. What are some of the highlights, or what are your favorite games that are available oh. to play for free online at the Internet Archive? Oh gosh, um, I mean, Qbert's a big one. There's, uh, if I recall correctly, believe it or not, the rock and roll band Journey created a arcade game uh, for their um, their uh, release of Frontiers, which is an album they created. Okay, this sounds awesome. Um. <laughs> uh, it's not the greatest on the planet, uh, game-wise. It's actually really difficult. Oh, I found it. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a of a uh, of a quarter eater. Uh, it, it's it's tough. It's not an easy game. I played it for a little while. Uh, I was going to use it as my demonstration uh, game because it actually played on the computers. Uh, that we have here in the library, and I, and I should mention that if with the internet, internet arcade, the games that are on there don't always play in every browser, every time on every computer. Uh, the emulation that's going on is pretty tough stuff, and you you need to have your flash updated, you need to have your browser updated, and it, it, the better your computer, the better it's going to run. So, not to interrupt you, but I did it's find okay. that journey game. Yes. Um, so I have to explain the plot of this thing oh, real quick. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the game is just called Journey, which, you know, if you saw that in arcade, you might not realize that the game Journey is about the band Journey. Oh, no. <laughs> when it was in arcades, it you knew says, instantly yeah. 
there was no doubt <laughs> that it was about the band Journey. So the objective of Journey is to reunite the members of the band with their instruments. Yes. And singer Steve Perry with his microphone. That's right. Each instrument is located on a different planet, and the musician must first reach the instrument, then make it back to the band ship without running into an obstacle. Yeah, those <laughs> obstacles suck. They are really hard to get out of the way. Uh, and there were multiple... I got really close to finishing one... to getting the instrument for, like, one member. I think it was the drummer. And uh, I failed utterly. Uh, I was pretty... I was pretty mad. Um, so instead, I played Cubert for everybody. Uh, and then Cubert is at least getting through the first... Uh, the, the very first map uh, is not hard. Uh, it's a platform puzzler jump around change the color of stuff uh with jumping on it and you're chased by a springy purple snake (laughs) that makes me want to throw things now i did notice a few old favorites on here as well i saw that they have street fighter 2 yeah i have no clue how that works (laughs) because that's definitely still i mean that's still considered like the tournament quintessential tournament arcade game so I don't know how, uh, again, how the Internet Archive gets through that one. But, but it's cool. It's, it's available. Now, I thought I, uh, they had Oregon Trail. Uh, that is in their DOS games. Okay. Because, um, of course, they never made an arcade game of that, Joel. DOS games. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. It's part of their game archive. It yeah. is part of their game archive. Um, so they actually have... Uh, multiple versions of oh, wow. Oregon Trail. They have the original Apple IIe version, and then they have the uh, Oregon Trail Deluxe version, which was... Oh, and I can't say that... When I say or, the Apple IIe, I mean the DOS version of that older version of Oregon Trail. They it, Almost all just like white pixels on a black background. Real kind of boring. Um, the Deluxe version, for those of you who actually want to try playing what I consider the best version of Oregon Trail, that's the one you want. It's all color. Um, The shooting gallery that they have is a ton of fun. Uh, You can kill Buffalo to your heart's content. Um, Yeah, that's not the one I played when I was in grade school. Are you serious? Yeah, I played the old DOS version. Really? Yeah, that's all we we had. had. We had the deluxe version in our computer lab in elementary school. We played... That for days. Yeah. We played that like crazy pants. <laughs> you know what's also awesome? I see a, a game on here called Cross Country Canada that looks like the Canadian version of Oregon Trail. <laughs> and now I kind of want to play that. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, I want to play that now too. It's in their MS-DOS software library. Oh. Copyright 1991. Cross Country Canada. That is stupendous. Um <laughs> We should also mention that the audio for a lot of these games does not work. So just bear with it. It, it stinks, but uh, that's what you, you got to deal with. It's, it's a small price to pay. You still get to play a game for free in your browser from any computer. And these are games that are either impossible to find uh, or will never run on a modern computer. Like that version of Oregon Trail Deluxe... There is no... I don't own a computer that could run it, uh, even if I could find the software. So uh, emulation is, uh, especially with these older software titles, is the only way to get around that. 
so enough about video games. Although it's such a fun topic, <laughs> it's a super fun topic because I'm very much in video games. Grew up with them. Uh, there was never a point in time in my lifetime in which video games did not exist. So it has been a quintessential part of me. I will also say that they do have um, a ton of uh, emu- games and emulators for very esoteric uh, home consoles as well. I recommend all of you to take a look at that. They have a Sega Genesis one, and they have a ton of games for the Sega Genesis. They have most of the Sega library in general, um, at least everything that's cartridge-related. I don't believe they have anything for a Sega CD or Sega... Uh, maybe Sega CD, but not Sega Saturn. Uh, for whatever reason, 32-bit, I think, is a little bit uh, harder to do uh, in these emulated states. I don't think it would I don't think it'd run in a browser just yet. Yeah, and I don't think you would ever find anything like a Nintendo game on here, since they're pretty tight with their, <laughs> their rights. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the Sega thing works either, other than the fact that Sega no longer makes these consoles, so they, they will never make these cartridges, nor do they have a way to make these games, other than they do occasionally release them as collections. They're, again... Gonna have to assume that they have the legal right to host these games. But uh, I would say check it out. Uh, There's some of the earliest consoles, like uh, the Magnavox Odyssey is on there, along with a bunch of games. Good luck in trying to play that without the overlays, because that's the only way that that game... wasn't so much a console as it was a a board game with a television component. Uh, That's really what the Magnavox Odyssey was. Than um, archiving old websites and software and video games, what uh, what are the functions of the Internet Archive? Well, uh, if it's in the public domain, if you think it's in the public domain, there is a really good chance that it's probably on the Internet Archive. So I'm talking about books, I'm talking about music, and I'm talking about movies. I've recently been working on a project to go through all of the videos, that, all the, the, the accessible videos that we have, DVDs or streaming, uh, that we have here at Bellevue University uh, that are included on the big master list of the 1,001 movies you should see before you die. Uh, there was a Reddit post that made the front page recently uh, that I saw and I thought was really cool. And I'm like, I wonder how many we have here. Uh, we're approaching the end, and overall, it looks like we probably have close to 10%, which surprises me a whole lot. It's not bad. No. Yeah. I am for an thir- academic library. For an collection. academic library, yeah. 10%. Now, these are movie movies. These are not, many of them are, are, are real films, they're not educational films. Um, and there is some stuff in there that probably could have been used in the classroom, but these are films that film buffs enjoy. The one thing that I think is interesting is that for the stuff that is real old, so 
like Le Vampire that was a very early vampire film. Um, I think Nosferatu's on there, which everyone will remember as an old black and white. Um, if it if it's probably a uh, not a talkie, there's a good a chance silent film. a silent film, <laughs> if you will. It's probably on there. Um, there are quite a few of those, but I mean, there are quite a few that are on this list of a thousand and one movies you should see before you die. And uh, I've started going through there and seeing what's available available for streaming from that list, and because anyone can access that, uh, and it's it's really surprising. I, I think at least the first like ten or fifteen that are on that list you can watch on the Internet Archive for free. Yeah, and those those open access uh, movies and things like that. Uh public domain free movies we could catalog them throw them in our collection and have them accessible online i think we're seriously considering yeah. uh some of the more prominent or important uh, uh videos for that uh just because i think that for our students especially for those i think in some courses they're they're asked to watch a foreign film i think that would be uh great because our online students could watch it as well they don't have to come in to get a dvd well, we'd love to see them. Uh, we understand that not everyone actually lives in the vicinity of uh, Bellevue University. <laughs> um, so, there, I mean, there's a, there, it's just a, a ridiculous amount of stuff. Uh, getting a little bit back into video games, there's a really weird collection of speedruns. So th- this is a collection of people that record themselves playing a particular video game and trying to beat it in the fastest time possible. I've seen those on YouTube before. Yes, and from, like I've seen them where they they find some glitch where they can like skip half the level and then they beat a level in like a thirty seconds or something. Right, like right. That. And for whatever reason, and this is new to me, uh, they've they've highlighted this in their new website uh, design that these speedruns exist and they, apparently they're accessed a lot. Um, I don't know if they're accessed for the purposes of record keeping or if it's just a cool collection they have but that's that's something that's kind of fun there oh, yeah one of their categories under video is video game videos and yeah speed runs is the biggest or um it's most popular most pop yeah collection. most prominent so yeah, that's, that's interesting yeah i that's one of the odder things there um well another thing that the internet archive hosts is audio and that includes this podcast that you're listening to right now. Yeah, our podcast our... is specifically hosted from the Internet Archive. <laughs> uh, Though it... we are thinking of getting it on iTunes as well. Well, yeah, and we are only really for... Uh, visibility? Yeah, visibility <laughs> and access, because it's, it's easier. I, iTunes makes it very easy to grab podcasts. Um, a lot of people, especially for those that have iPhones... Uh, it's difficult outside of iTunes to download podcasts. You pretty much have to host from both both spaces. But the, for, as far as the Internet Archive is concerned, uh, they are a free host. Uh, they Their restrictions on file size are very reasonable. And we're able to put in all of our information and link to that from everywhere. I think there's a widget. I mean, they, they make it about as easy to host as possible. Yeah, yeah. In addition to our podcast uh, for audio, they have a ton of stuff. In my opinion, probably one of the greatest things they have is they have an archive of live musical performances that you can access right on your computer streaming from their site. Bands, the big one is The Grateful Dead. 
Um, for those of you who are familiar with the Grateful Dead, uh, ignore this part. For those not who aren't, uh, the Grateful Dead is a jam band, and so their performances oftentimes are very unique. And a big draw for the Grateful Dead is uh, is their live performance. Um, their recorded studio albums are are all well and good, but I think. I would speak, uh, I don't speak for Grateful Dead fans, but I think they would agree that their live music is really where I think they shine and where a lot of the love comes from for the Grateful Dead. They do a lot of improv improvisation. Yes. That's the uh, word. They, yes. That's they, the they, no, I would say probably no, no live performance, no one live performance is exactly the same, nor should it be. But unfortunately, I feel like that's a growing trend in live music is to recreate the sound of the CD. And uh, definitely the Grateful Dead buck that, that, uh, that concept. Um, so you can access a ridiculous number of live recordings that fans of the Grateful Dead have, have placed uh, on the Internet Archive. Uh, one thing to note is that all the bands uh, on the Internet Archive, uh, their music comes from a website or organization rather called eTree at eTree.org. It's a little difficult to use. Um, they list uh, their audio and you can stream. Uh, you, you can't, I don't think you can stream from their site, but you can download it using torrents. Everything on there is fully legal. However, the Internet Archive does not host everything that is on eTree uh, simply because they only want, uh, they're only using trade friendly bands. These are musicians that uh, specifically allow people to. Uh, share live recordings of their music, uh, recorded tapes and uh, and whatnot. Some of the bands on there that I was writing, I wrote down a number that people might be familiar with, uh, but uh, other than the Grateful Dead, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, thought that was cool of them, uh, Blues Traveler, which was a 90s band with a harmonica. <laughs> uh, they're way better than that one song that you hear on the radio, uh, in my opinion. Uh, 311, which I would say is kind of a jam band. Um, they're they're local as well because uh, they came from Omaha, uh, although they lied about that for a few years and said they were from <laughs> California. Whatever they've they've admitted it, it's fine. Uh, John Mayer, that was a big surprise. Uh, Jack Johnson with his guitar. Uh, Two Skinny Jays, which they used to tour in this area a lot uh, when I was in high school. Oh, they yeah, might... I remember that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they still do, but uh, I thought that was interesting on there. Uh, Guster, which is a band my sister listens to. It's kind of a folksy jam band, too. It yes. seems to be a lot of hippie bands and uh, <sighs> ska and punk and stuff. Yeah, um, it, I, well, generally I think it's bands that... I don't know, are a little bit more open to the I, the concept yeah. of, of sharing their music. Uh, ween. <laughs> Which is good. I, I like Ween. Uh, I like the band Ween. Uh, two, uh, no, I already said two Skinny Jays. Uh, Spin Doctors. That's and, a jam band, too. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> Death Cab for Cutie. Okay. That's a big band. That's They're, they're impressive. Uh, Matis Yahoo. There's there's a lot of stuff out there and a lot yeah. of differing styles and yes types of music. You got some hip hop in there. You got some a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah, uh, it's it, the I think one of the cool benefits is that that gives uh, some bands that wouldn't normally get that sort of recognition. Uh, they can people can listen to their live performances and it 
kind of captures uh, the the quintessential uh, draw for that band. It's neat. You know, another interesting collection they have under their video collections uh, that I think could be very important for future educational uh, opportunities is they have a live news uh, collection. Yeah, I didn't um, even look at that. Uh, yeah. I know that you're a journalist. You used to be a journalism yeah, I was a, major. I was a journalism major. So this is kind of interesting. I think historically speaking, like being able to look back uh, and see how events were reported on as they're happening um, is really interesting for understanding and just seeing how things happened. Yeah. Do they have those archived by the event? or uh, I'm, They have one 11 right here, Ooh. it looks like. Oh, um, neat. And it looks like they have a whole understanding 9-11. You can go through each day, like, as it's happening, the day after, and see, like, as they, as, as reporters started getting more information about what happened and putting the pieces together, you can kind of go through and see it over time. Yeah, I could see that being an interesting use of... Uh, of the Internet Archive is in a classroom you could kind of in some ways recreate the feeling and the attitude that surrounded 9-11 and, and for kids to gain a, a, a greater understanding of its importance. Uh, I don't necessarily know if if kids really understand the feeling of what it felt like at the time when when it happened. Uh, I know that, I, I mean, I remember the day very clearly. I remember where I was. Yeah, we were probably... What, high school still? I was in college. You were, you were in college. I was I was freshman I was, year in college. You were still in high school. I was in high school, high school. yeah. But yeah, then I, I look at my little sister who is, you know, going to be 21 this year, and she was in grade school and yeah, barely it was remembers when probably, it actually happened. Yeah, like, it was probably a very light blip uh, in, her, in her life. I, I'm just thinking, like, how interesting and cool it would be to be able to go back and have this kind of information about events that happened, you know, pre-World War II. And I, I know we can go back and see or listen to uh, news clips and things like that from Pearl Harbor, but going even further back and, like, seeing the Civil War play out and how yeah. people reported on it. I mean, you can pull up old newspapers still, but it's not the same no. as having this instant, you know, documentary feel to it. Yeah. And, it, it's, and that's just one... Minor. I mean, I, I don't even feel like that's a huge video collection of theirs. I mean, it's it's probably enormous, but uh, they have so many other video collections. One of their audio collections, kind of jumping back into that, is they, they host uh, LibriVox, which is a open source, uh, public domain audiobook uh, database that you can access. Essentially, with LibriVox, uh, people uh, record themselves reading a public domain book and host that on the internet under LibriVox, and you can listen to it. Uh, I have to say that there are some people that are doing these that are way better than some of the uh, audiobook actors uh, who do this professionally. I feel like... Uh, and there's a certain kind of podcasty feel sometimes to it as well but i think that's because it's a little less overly produced and there isn't someone that's coaching them on pronunciations and whatnot but i was listening to a recording of the count of monte cristo that was on there which is a book that i will will most likely never be able to finish uh, i started a long time ago and i was like oh maybe this is a way i could finish it and i was listening to the woman that was recording and i was like wow, she's really good and this is free, 
So something that's kind of neat. Um, yeah, they and they host a ton of ebooks and texts and things like that. Just uh, everything that's it, in public domain. They they have a, a Creative Commons net labels. It's digital record labels, virtual record labels that people have created. That's 100% free access streaming all this music from there. Some there's a lot of electronic music in there. So if you like electronica, that's a really good resource for getting new music. I mean, not even to mention the ridiculous number of ebooks that they've been scanning and digitizing. Um, one of the uh, getting into one of their largest uh, kind of co-productions is the Open Library, uh, which is a lending library service that works with local libraries, the Internet Archive, uh, and uh, probably some public domain Google sources um, to offer. A web page for every book that's ever been created. That's their goal. Frankly, uh, it's an enormous number of items that's there, uh, most of which are either in the public domain or Creative Commons. Uh, you can, for those titles that are not in the public domain but are still accessible, uh, many of them you can borrow from the site as if it were a real library. Um, you just have to download some software to handle the digital rights, and you can access it. The Open Library is uh, a an amazing tool, I think, for anyone that is wanting to check out materials. I think people that live in rural areas, I, the, why this is not told to them, I think, with a library card, I have no clue. I don't know. Uh, if you have an ebook reader... Uh, Open Library probably will work with your ebook reader in some fashion. So it's right up there with uh, the Gutenberg Project, which is not affiliated to the Internet Archive, um, at least not directly. But I think a lot of their stuff is even backed up on the Internet Archive. Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, all, it's all the same open access material. Um, but that is, uh, that is a small slice almost the tiniest of things that's on the internet archive uh it's a little hard to say <laughs> uh so if so, you're interested in the history of the internet and well i guess the history and preservation of modern culture since uh since the advent of the internet the internet archive is a one-stop shop for I, everything i think it's even more than that if you like free stuff <laughs> if you if you are bored um, if you don't know what to go and look at or do, uh, I think that the Internet Archive is such a huge wealth of entertainment and, uh, and learning. Really, as, as far as librarians, it's, it's a, an amazing uh, proponent for open access. And it's something that I wish I think more libraries would, uh, would, would focus on. So this is our... This is our chance to to trumpet it a little bit and to show it off. Uh, yeah, you can check out the Internet Archive at archive.org. Real simple. Very simple. Super easy to remember. Yep. If you type in, if you Google Internet Archive, it will show up. <laughs> uh, and check out its new layout. If, if you've been to it before and you were, like, didn't know where stuff was, it was very hard to use... Come back to the Internet Archive and take a look at it, because the, the new layout is very impressive. 
So you can you can check us out on our blog, Facts from the Stacks. Um, you can search for us on the Internet Archive. Uh, you'll find us under the More Than Books podcast. If you just search that, we'll, we'll, we pop right up because I do it almost every week. Uh, that I are, uh, yeah, roughly because I'm I'm checking numbers. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, us gush about the Internet Archive and talk about all the neat stuff that's there. Thank you.